everyone. Welcome to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Tess Janos, and today is day 18 of 31 Days of Horror. To follow along on this spine-chilling celebration of horror, be sure to follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast, Facebook at Facebook.com slash OCD Podcast, and Twitter at Ongoing Comic Pod. We are 13 days away from Halloween and 11 days from OCD's second-ever giveaway. On Thursday, October 29th, aka my 30th birthday, what's up? We will be giving away a very witchy package that includes a Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Volume 1 comic, a Sabrina and Salem Funko from the Netflix series, and OCD stickers. To enter is quite simple. Head on over to your social media of preference, follow Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast, and share your favorite OCD horror post thus far. Tag OCD in your post along with the hashtag 31 Days of Horror Comics, and you will be entered into the raffle. That's one entry per person, and it's going to be a devilishly good time. Now to introduce today's co-host, I am so honored to have him on OCD on this day, specifically because today is his birthday. You will reckon... What was... You will recognize him from our July Silver Surfer episode. He is Sideshow's Sideshow podcast host. He is also a host on Unsealed and Revealed. Tom and Jeff watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network. And you don't even like sports on the Unpopular Opinion Network. He is the everything comic book dude and more. Please welcome back Jeff May. What's up, Jeff? Hey, welcome to me. Welcome to... (laughs) Is that... It's always weird being a guest because I host Uh. so many of these stupid things. Yeah, but you don't have to do anything. You just have to read the comic and follow along, I guess. Hang out. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just be like, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good that's it. That's my job. But yeah, it's my birthday today. Happy, <laughs> happy, happy Jeff's birthday. Happy Je- to Jeff. Jeff, what are you going to do today? Well, uh, it's a Sunday in October. So I was thinking yeah. to go do some apple picking, maybe enjoy the fall. <laughs> fall. Oh, nothing, actually. No, nothing? the plan is nothing. The plan okay. is nothing. Yeah. Just my standard him. my standard birthday plan is to um, try to go as under the radar as possible. Oh, yeah. So you don't even like blast it. You're just like, I'm going to go off social media and nobody will know. No, sometimes I'll do like I might do like a like a charity thing or something like. Oh, cool. But other than that, I, you know, it's, when someone like tells you like happy birthday, I'm always like, yeah, I'm, I, I did it. <laughs> I made it. Like, I, I always feel like I didn't earn it. You know, it feels like uh, an unearned congratulations or something. Like, oh, you did not kill yourself this year. <laughs> you didn't die this year. Congrats. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, good for me. <laughs> good for Give me. Give me a toy. Like, that yeah. just doesn't <laughs> or seem... Or a comic, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, um, so, okay. So, have you ever had, like, a Halloween birthday party? You know, it's... The, uh, this is going to sound like... like a, I'm like, I'm a real bummer, but I'm not, like, a huge Halloween guy. Oh. <gasps> Okay. I love I love autumn, and okay. I'm from I'm from Massachusetts. Like I'm from like yeah. where the, where the shit happens. You yeah, know? it's beautiful there. Oh my god. Uh, um, but I I just was never. I mean, I liked candy as right. as a fat as a fat child. Let me tell you, free <laughs> candy conceptually, out of control. Yeah, huge fan. But uh, no, I never really had uh, I never really had themes that were of of Halloween based. I was always kind of like. I don't know. I, I'm not crazy into Halloween, which is oh. weird. Everybody hates. I'm a big Christmas guy. Okay. Like, I love Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so everybody, like, I guess that makes me lame. Like, I'm in the wrong Why? town. Because I live in L.A. Right. And, like, L.A., everybody's like, you know, Halloween is Halloween all the time. And I'm no. like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> but Christmas, man, I try to get, like, into it. Yeah. I mean, Christmas is awesome. But, I mean, Halloween's my shit, man. 
So uh, that's a bummer, but that's okay. We can st- we can still be friends. You can still be here on this episode. It's, yeah, it's well, you're not kicking me off. No, I'm not. I can't. You're my yeah. you're my 18th day, so that's I have like, no choice but to keep yeah, you. It's like right in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> I can't go anywhere. Um, all right. Well, my next question was, "What does Halloween mean to you?" Then I'm just gonna throw that out the window. Fuck that. No, that I mean question. it's fun. <laughs> like it's fun. I get it. It's just like. Like Halloween costumes never really fit me well, and I'm mm. I'm not the kind of creative that's useful, so I was never like <laughs> throwing my costumes together kind of a person. Okay. Uh, and you know, it was really just a just a cavity day for me. Just get right. some cavities, and, you yeah. know, and What's then be done with it. What's your candy of choice, man? Uh, uh, peanut butter cups, or Ooh, chocolate yeah. and peanut butter, or York peppermint patty, which is Ooh. much rare, much rarer to find. But I like. I like feeling like I'm eating candy and brushing my teeth at the same time. Yum, right? So I mean, that, it's a yeah. two-in-one, basically. <laughs> yeah, mixed uh, Reese's and York mixed is a terrible decision, though. Ooh. You have to commit to one or the other when yeah. you're on a binge. Have you put the Reese's and the York peppermint patty at the same time? I would rather die. Okay, well. I would rather <laughs> die than do that combination. That's like being like, have you ever had peanut butter-flavored toothpaste? <laughs> I'd be like, fuck you. It's not happening. Yes. Well, all right, fine. But you did pick like a pretty horrific comic today. I I did, but I picked something that's, I think, a little bit off the beaten path as far as horror goes. Yeah. I mean, usually the horror is like, ooh, spooky, haunted vampires. But this one's like underworld, inside out bodies and the living tree. (laughs) it's It's a book that's super fucked up and not that I expected it to be. Which I think was really was really interesting, mm-hmm. um, a book when, that I didn't enter with this. When did you get into this one? Because this one's 2011 comic. Yes. Uh, it, uh, do we want to say the name? I mean, people I know mean, what the we can. people I mean, know the title the of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so when Animal Man came out, um, when when DC rebooted after Flashpoint yeah. um, back in 2011, um, there were 52 new titles. Okay. And they were covering different eras, areas of, of sort of the world in, in D.C. There was your standard superhero stuff. There was your um, kind of the Justice League dark era and stuff like that. And, and Jeff Lemire um, wrote Animal Man uh, with art by Travel Foreman. Now, Animal Man was kind of this B-list um, superhero that got a big boost by Grant Morrison in the 80s and into the 90s. Okay. I was going to ask you about that because I thought we were doing a Grant Morrison and I was like, hell yeah. And then you were like this one. And I was like, okay, I'm okay. With that. Grant Morrison's version was really trippy and okay. really like breaking the fourth wall kind of stuff. I think Grant Morrison is in the book at one point in time Amazing. and I've read, I have it and I've, I've read it before, but this one really speaks to me because I remember being in the new 52 animal man and swamp thing are, are tied together in a very cool way. Um, Swamp Thing was written by um, Scott Snyder at the time who, you know, really exploded through with Batman as well. Um, It's one of these books that when I read it, I was shocked at how good and disturbing it was. And that's a a big shout out not only to to Jeff Lemire, but um, to artist Travel Foreman, who I'd never heard of before. Um, taking a swing with this book and really using this very sort of obtuse and disturbing imagery that I was really, that stuck with me. Yeah, I mean, not for good reason. It's it's nightmarish and, and then in the pits of hell. Like it's, 
it's off. It, like, it's amazing and awful at the same time. Like, I had to, like, take a little break in the middle. I was like, huh, my brain is bending over backwards to see this art. And it's amazing. It's incredible. But it's something, like you said, it's, like, off beaten path. You don't see this kind of art. Yeah, it, it is very... Well, I mean, because you picture Animal Man and... and you know, when you think of it as being sort of a vertigo style book that was, you know, written by Grant Morrison and, and you know, you saw the um, I believe Glenn Fabry did those beautiful painted covers and they were gorgeous. And I think Brian Bolland did a bunch as well. Nice. And there was these stunning and gorgeous things. And it was but inside it was very classic comic book looking very, very of its time, D.C. Yeah. And then when you see it through this sort of like very jagged, very angular and very creepy style. Yeah. Where you have what is essentially kind of like a B-list superhero dealing with something that's way bigger than he is comfortable dealing with. Right. And so how many volumes does this go on for? You know, I that I don't necessarily know. Um, mm-hmm. I would have to uh, do... That's the one piece of research that I didn't uh, really look into. <laughs> Well, because I am very stupid. It's but, strike two. Jeff, yeah, you yeah. You know what? Just kick me off the show. <laughs> just um, just no. get me out of here. Like I'm done. Like yeah. it's it. What we hit eight minutes? That's yeah. fine. That it's, that's that's all you need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, we're looking at it, it. Looked like about thirty issues or so plus nice. uh, annuals. A couple of if you get the omnibus, um, you, you get uh, issues zero through twenty nine. Uh, annuals one and two and then two issues of swamp thing that will tie into it that we sort of imply at the end of this run yes i saw that i was like "Ooh, swamp thing and you and i were talking about swamp thing very briefly not that long ago and i was like oh that's probably why he chose this because you're a big fan of swamp thing i like swamp thing i i like the iterations that we've had with swamp thing from the sort of early len ween and you know the bernie wrights and stuff and then alan moore getting a hold of it and it getting really psychedelic and weird and and in your own head and then scott snyder getting it and we have this tying into um sort of what we call the green and the red and then sort of the yin to those two yangs which is the rot yeah which is sort of which is you know and so in in both swamp thing and animal man they were dealing with the concept of the rot very differently and who were the avatars of those things. And that's really what happens is that Swamp Thing is sort of the avatar of the green, the flora of the world. Oh, see, that makes sense to me because I was doing more research just off of the comic and I was like, what is the green? And it said nature and stuff. And I was like, well, this only focuses on animals, which is the red. And we get, yes. we don't really, do we see, forgive me, do we see the rot? Is that the rot when they go under the tree? It's the rot is what infects and goes through towards them, and so you have the the warriors three, the three. I think it's the warriors three, but that might be from three. Thor. The hunters three, excuse mm-hmm. me. No worries. Um, that they are agents of the rot, okay. uh, and so um, you see the rot a lot in the swamp thing um, mm-hmm. run as well. You know, so swamp thing is sort of the avatar of the flora, and we're sort of introduced to expect that. Um, buddy Animal Man is going to be the avatar of the red, but he's not. Yeah. And oh, we I find love out that twist. Ugh. We the big twist that we're gonna get to sort of at the end of issue one, I believe, is that mm-hmm. it's actually his four year old daughter. 
I love that. I um, freaking love that. Well, let's. I'm gonna do a summary real quick, just so we can set us up nicely, and then let's dive let's, into this because this is this is like so multi-leveled and awesome. I'm excited about this. Okay, so one of the breakout hits from DC Comics, the New Fifty Two. In these tales from issues one through six, which we're just doing volume one today of the new series, Buddy Baker has gone from Superman to Family Man, but he is strong enough to hold his fam. But is he strong enough to hold his family together when Maxine, his younger daughter, starts to manifest her own dangerous powers? As these new abilities continue to terrify Bunny and his wife, Ellen, things take a turn for the worst as Buddy and Maxine begin a journey into the heart of the red. Don't miss the amazing series from writer Jeff Lemire, who did Sweet Tooth, and artist Travel Foreman, who did The Immortal Iron, Immortal Iron Fist. Woo. That's how I know Travel, was through Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, the, you know, that's a good run as well, by the way. Immortal Iron Fist. With, they started with David Aha or Aja. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm guessing I didn't know that he was one of the artists on there. It like slipped my mind, which mm-hmm. shame on me. Shame on um, like I have them. They're like, they're like right behind me. And I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Have I you seen the, the Iron Fist series? Is, it, is that what that comic's based on? Man, let me tell you that uh, that first that first Iron Fist is rough. Okay. Uh, it is. Uh, okay. It is not particularly good. It's uh, bad. Oh, it's bad. So it's not good. Um, it's bad. Very good. Immortal, um, uh, Immortal Iron Fist is quite good. It was um, written um, in conjunction by Matt Fraction and uh, Ed Brubaker. Okay. So they worked uh, together, and it's quite good. And we sort of are introduced to the Golden Age era of Iron Fist as well, like the Iron Fists throughout history. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and awesome. I could do a whole episode on that too. But, uh, <laughs> He's coming back already. Yes. But but awesome. we, I I will keep myself focused on Animal Man. On I Animal will not Man. I will not tangentialize, even though I tend to do that. <laughs> it's all good, man. I'll bring you back. I'll rope you in. Animal Man, gotta bring you back. Um, so we start off and we kind of meet the family and they're kind of around the kitchen and the wife is kind of, she's upset at Buddy, her husband. He's trying to make this indie film um, and she's, he's not really making any money. And then we slowly start to realize who Animal Man is. They start to talk about it at the table. The daughter wants an animal and then he says that the reason why they can't have an animal is because he can't be bonded with a singular animal because it'll ruin what he can tap into for his powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it, okay. So right away, there's like something that goes wrong. Uh, the uh, hospital floor has been held hostage and this is when we first see his power. So do you want to explain what he can do, what he's able to do? So what he essentially does is as somebody who can tap into the red, um, he sort of can take on sort of the strengths of different animals throughout the world Mm-hmm. Uh, and sort of use those, which is why he can't bond with a specific animal, because then he could only be, you know, if they get a, if they get a dog, he would become Dog Man yeah. instead of Animal <laughs> Man. Um, what's interesting and, and I think really great about this story and this version of it is because when he meets up with the the guy taking the hostages, mm-hmm. imagine it's Batman mm-hmm. and what Batman would do to this guy, which is cripple him right. to, for maximum saving efficiency right Um, and buddy and buddy doesn't do that Mm -hmm. because and in his inner dialogue you hear him thinking like i can't imagine what i would be like if this happened to my children i'm not going to Mm -hmm. you know if i lost one of my kids i would lose my mind you know and and just the amount of pity that he has for 
somebody who has taken hostages is a fascinating take on that. And it really shows you sort of the vibe of the character and his family. Yeah. Because you get this kind of like artsy, almost hippie vibe to the family. Yeah, they're very they're very chill, very connected. But also, you mentioned internal dialogue. I loved how much internal dialogue was here. Like we really got to know Animal Man from his brain, and exactly like he had such empathy for this guy. He like understood why he was doing it, and he didn't want to destroy him like Batman would, because Batman's got a checklist of things to do for the evening. <laughs> He's gonna. Yeah. Get- that man is a maximum efficiency kind of person. Yeah. And if he cripples somebody to get the gun out of their hand, he will do that. Yeah. Yeah. I am, Talk as about a, productivity. Yeah. As a person who pays a lot of attention to Batman, he's not <laughs> yeah. known for his softness in dealing with problems. He's breaking all, he's given away a lot of concussions. They say Batman doesn't kill, but I guarantee there's been a lot of lives taken after he gives oh, somebody yeah. 13 concussions. Yeah, yeah, but it, he didn't die in his hands, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah. No, technically, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. We know he you did, did it. it. <laughs> we see you, Batman. Yeah, we see. We saw that you damaged the brakes on the train, and then blew out the bridge to the train, and then blew up the train and flew out without taking the other guy. You killed him. <laughs> you one hundred percent killed him. We did. They didn't draw it, but it happened. Um, yeah. So, and I love this part because we get to see. So he gets shot. Um, and he's like, what kind of animal can I turn into that will not be shot? And I love how he goes through like his catalog. He's like a rat. No, a dog. No. And then he's like, a rhino won't get shot. Yeah. Skin like a rhino. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right. But then he gets, okay, this is where I had questions. He starts having like these bloody eyes. And I think it's like a precursor to when we start seeing like his veiny tattooed portion that we get to eventually. Yeah. You start to see the, the red is real is sort of reaching out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, knowing that there is a problem and the red is, is saying you are our tool and we need to get you motivated and moving and we need mm-hmm. to get your attention. And yeah. so that's really what we see coming down. And he, you know, you can tell he both is reluctant, but also likes the superhero world, yeah. Yeah. which I think is, is a really interesting dichotomy because usually it's either... I hate this or like, I love this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's, it's very mixed to like have that inner dialogue, you know, with like Spider-Man, he's like, this is my duty, but there's an honesty in a character like animal man where he's like, man, this feels good. Yeah. And like, he hasn't really tapped into his powers in a while. And he keeps referring back to that. He's trying to do something else than what he has been basically born to do. So he's like, yeah, exactly. This feels good. He's dipping into the pool of gold of his his powers, and it's awesome to see him like rebirth, and then also be like, "Oh shit, my purpose is to only make my daughter." Yeah. <laughs> so. so well, it's funny too because in the first issue, you get like a, a standard superhero, like he's a yeah. hero, but we're gonna see what it's like to be him as a hero, and it's like, oh, this could be a fascinating take. I trust Jeff Lemire. Like, yeah. Like, this is great. I'm excited. And then they go so far off the rails and it gets into (laughs) this, like, not, it's not, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe the horror. It's, it's like body horror and it's, yeah, like boils and bloating and Cronenberg style of horror, but with a very, like, the writing in it is very sadistic. In the mm-hmm. way the the agents of the rot speak, 
Um, and and through their actions and the horrors that they do like Mm -hmm. it's very disturbing and you're expecting animal man which is like this kind of goofy guy certainly has a history of of upping the ante as far as the books that he's been in in the past but nothing like this you know it used to be he'd be like you know oh i you know learned from the dolphins (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and now it's just like oh there are demons coming out and they're killing everybody yeah, it seems like your normal superhero story up until the point where he starts having bad dreams of his daughter, like in this other realm. He sees his son, and his son's like, "Come on, Dad, we got to go this way because Maxine's gone crazy." And he like the Maxine is like gutted the brother, done something to the mom. We learn about a blood river, and then we see the Hunters Three, and it's these like nightmarish animals, and as you described, just like, just it's body horror. It's it's. In inside out and then bloated and then a lot of boils and then it's like parts of other animals it's it's nothing that you can actually describe to a point (laughs) it's funny because when you see it through the process and you see the visuals it's a very sort of like grotesque Cronenberg like look but then their speeches and the way they speak is is more like sadistic serial killer and that Uh, really that really creates like this extra shift of you know when you picture like a big hulking monster you think of like oh it'll eat me but this thing's like no it'll torture me it'll eat me slowly and it will delight in doing so and it will be talking to me about what it's going to do to my family uh, and like, ugh. like ugh. that's that, which is why I went after this because it's a book that resonated with me. I haven't read this book in, in, you know, eight and a half years. And why is this resonated with you? I'm curious. I think because of that, because it was such a well-written book. Okay. Um, it's, it, it was of the things that came about from the new 52, a lot were good. A lot were not, mm-hmm. um, a lot got canceled. Uh, Animal Man and Swamp Thing both really, held up for me as being highlights of this of this sort of era of that reboot um of tackling and using a new sort of idea of the green and the red and the and the rot uh and and like rolling with it i mean i'm sure it's been hinted at before i haven't read every animal man and every swamp thing but (laughs) you know they they tie them very well together and these are two books that work well in conjunction but they also work on their own minus the crossover and what's so cool about it is that like it uses our world and then adds a component to it that we that may not may or may not be there. You know what I mean? Like it's very much under the surface. Like obviously it's not there. I, I mean I don't know. Maybe this comes from <laughs> real experiences. Who knows? Well, death happens. Right. And that's the thing. Like the, you have the idea of you know them pretty much saying like we're gonna get you. Yeah. Like we're going to get you and yeah. we want to get you now, but we'll get you someday. Right. And the and fact that, that he's connected to them too, it's like they always know where he is and what he's doing. So the fact that they keep saying we're going to get you, it's like he knows it too. It's like I can't this is me. I can't leave. You know where I am always. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's uh it's definitely there's something about this book that did resonate for eight and a half years and it is because uh for one travel foreman's art um, has really stuck with me in, in okay, an interesting yeah. way. Like the the angles, the sharpness. I also like how it's not... Everyone is drawn 
weirdly, but they're they're drawn weirdly, but also they're drawn normal looking. Okay. Like his yeah. family looks like regular people. Right. right. You know, like he's a handsome dude, but his wife's not a knockout. And and you know, his kids aren't perfect in cherubic. They're like they're uh, like it's almost like a little trashy, but in a good way. <laughs> wow. Okay, I didn't you even know. You know, well, he's got that, like the yeah. kids got like the mullet and stuff. Yes. And, and, and just kind of like. <laughs> Does the mullet make you trashy, Jeff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's international symbol for. <laughs> but there's something about the idea that like this is a loving family man that's out to protect his family versus a superhero flying around protecting sort of the world and and we see that a lot where he's like i just want to fucking take off with my kid like i want to protect my kid and then we see with the introduction of socks yes that socks is saying like no you don't understand this is so much bigger than your wife and and your son Uh, you know this is so much bigger than your family this is the planet Right, and, and he ke- the cat comes in, and he keeps like wanting to go do something like where his heart desires, which is saying like go save his family and be the family man that he is. But the cat's like, look, in the end, that won't matter. What matters is saving the world, basically. Yeah. It's a very Yoda vibe of yeah. like, you go save your friends, and you're fucked. Like, yeah. you know, you're screwed if you go and save your friends. If you stay here and train, you have a chance of winning. And in that world, you, you see that sort of the the cat, and for. For those that have not read Socks, is the physical manifestation of an uh, of a previous agent of the red, sort of that they all sort of recollect into a tree, like a tree of life, kind of a thing. Yeah. And he sacrifices himself and his immortality um, to, to help him. Yeah. Yeah. And like you speak of the old tree, the old tree is my favorite part. Where so Mac Maxine is trying to explain to her dad, so he has that weird dream and then he wakes up and he's got these veins all over him and his 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 son cliff is like it looks cool dad i love it he looks like he's got tattoos going on yeah. but it, it's a map to this old tree that'll get them to save the the sickness of the red place essentially yeah it, yeah and maxine's kind of our tour guide in this and her confidence this was my favorite part is that he picked the four-year old daughter maxine to be the savior of all like she doesn't believe in herself but she also trusts her instincts at the same time she's like but i'm a little girl how could i save my dad right now yeah and but yet she has that sort of childish confidence as well where she knows things and she's like no daddy like come on like we're safe and it's it is very fun to see that aspect of her uh of her character and when when buddy is faced with the tree and with the totems of the tree and he's like, you know, I'll do it. Like, let me be that. And they're like, your job was to sire (laughs) the chosen one. You are not the chosen one. You are a weapon. You know, you're, you're, you're a knight of the red. You are not the royalty. Like that's her. You made her, you did your job. Now you will protect her until she can do hers. But he still feels like he needs to be the dad. And, like, he doesn't let that up all the way till the end. He tries so hard to just, like, let go and let it happen. And then when there's that big fight scene between Buddy and, gosh, what the heck was he fighting? That big Cretan thing, probably one of the Hunters 3, I believe, oh, at that point. When he gets all, like, hulky and, gi- like, a giant ape. Yeah. Yeah, and he kind of looks like um, the guy from the Goonies, the, the monster Sloth. guy at the end. Sloth. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, he I think he's I think he's he's like aping up in there to, okay. to be sort of like a, a savage 
fighting and it's a brutal fight like it's yeah. it's it's drawn very interestingly the way it's designed to make him look and and it's brutal and ugly um and it's not what you would expect you would expect him to sort of trash this character and it fucks him up real bad yeah and i love that maxine's like leave my dad alone and that's it just like boom gone away i was like dude and then she realizes what powers that she has and he does too and that's when he starts to let off the gas a little bit yeah he's like jesus yeah fine and then she heals his skin with her hands she's like oh it's like clay i'm a i'm a healer too and then you start to, I was like, oh man, who is this Maxine girl? How, how much can she do? What other things can she do? And it made me more interested in her character than Animal Man, which this comic is named after, but it's more like Animal Man's daughter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it really is sort of the twist. The twist that you get with this is that Animal Man is about him having to, you know, it's a, in a way, it's a, it's an escort mission. You know, it's, yeah. you know, we have to, we have to get you safe and protected. And then, but we also find out that she is, you know, she's fallible and she makes the mistakes and is fooled mm-hmm. by the rot to, uh, to take care. You know, she takes care of one of the, the hunters three, um, in the real world in, in sort mm-hmm. of the, what you would call like the terrestrial world. And, yeah. uh, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. And this is, yeah, and like you're mentioning, like it happens, for anybody who hasn't read this, like it's happening at the same time. So the rot is basically creating like a, a sickness to all of the living above and below. And the Hunters 3, they they search for Buddy and, and his daughter and they're trying to, they want to kill her. And so along the way, we've got like this zoo where these, these bloated hippos and we've got the Hunters 3 that are taking... They're like the, the doomsmen of the apocalypse, essentially. They're just taking the skin, the, like jumping into bodies of people so that they can mystique their way through the world kind of a thing. Yeah, and you can see that one of one of Buddy's sort of um, uh, confidants is a, is a San Diego police officer, and he's like, you know, it sets to protect the family, and it does not go well. Uh, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the hunters takes him over real fast, takes his form, and it's like drawn super creepily. Oh like my gosh! It, yeah, like it's upsettingly drawn. Uh, yeah, when we but, don't, when we cut away from his face, or uh, not cut away, but we see they're not like giving him attention. Nobody's looking at him, and his face turns to like bloat and weirdness and flies. You're like, oh, turn around, yeah. turn around. <laughs> yeah, he swells a bit, and then you can see like they never show him. I know it's it's sort of like there's an implication through the art that he's not blinking. Oh. Like that is like eyes are like really wide and open and circular and like mm-hmm. kind of like pinhole um, pupils. Yeah. And it just gives this extra like super creepy vibe. The vibe, it kind of reminds me of that really creepy sidekick for the Joker in The Dark Knight Returns. Have you done Have you no. done The Dark Knight Returns yet? No, not yet. I'm surprised. Um, that's one of the big ones. I'm surprised nobody brought it to you. Not yet. That's you like, could. If you that's want. like that's like Watchmen. <laughs> I don't know. If oh, I, we if Watchmen's actually it came out in Oct- August. Watchmen. Oh yay! That's such a big. That's such a to do. When I worked yes. at a comic shop and we'd have people that never read comics and they're like, I would like a copy of Watchmen and I'd be like, You're gonna hate this. Yeah. Because you've never read a comic before. <laughs> this will be and your first is, and last comic. <laughs> yeah, that's being like, I've never swam before. I'm gonna just jump into the middle of the sea I'm gonna take, <laughs> this isn't going to go well for anybody yeah here read yeah. this instead 
Um, but the Dark Knight Returns came out around the same time, and, and there was like this very creepy kind of like pedophile vibe uh, assistant to the Joker, um, and that's the same vibe that I got. Yeah, from creepy. this, you know, really. And then we find out he kept them alive uh, to mm-hmm. eat, which he yeah. will then do. Yeah. He, yeah, he drags uh, the detective guy and Cliff, the son, out to the forest to basically bring in Buddy and Maxine, hoping they'll just follow, which he does. And uh, <laughs> I love that the mom's like, she lets Buddy, her husband, go and kill this Cretan or whatever it is. And she's like, hey, guys, let's go get lunch. Like, she's just like goes the other way. And is like, oh, your dad, he's got it. He's got it. But I love that Maxine <laughs> knows better. She's like, no, nah, no, nah, he doesn't got it. No, he don't got it. Yeah. <laughs> and then she. It. Yeah. And, and she puts she... her hand on the ground and it kind of conjures, uh, not kind of, it very much conjures all of these like just bears and forest creatures and wolves and everything to attack um, the the hunters three the one of them anyway that's hurting Buddy the dad and and it they do and then all of a sudden they just do like a one eighty because they have eaten this this hunter and they have in that time taken the the sickness of the rot and they themselves are rotting and so now they know that their vengeance is back on buddy yeah. and maxine and it spreads like a virus mm-hmm. uh, as we find out the sort of the right. rot the rot spreads pretty hard because um it goes from animal to animal and it's very easy and it spreads it spreads uh i believe they use it through like the flies but it has mm-hmm. a very plague vibe to it totally and they're like it's gonna keep spreading you gotta get the fuck out of here Yes. And they jump into grandma's RV, which <laughs> getting grandma's RV will be fine. But they kept bringing up this guy named Alex or Alec Holland. I didn't understand that part. That swamp thing. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, glad that's I where they're like, you need to find Alec Holland. It's that swamp thing. Yeah. Oh, OK. And that's I mean, that's kind of they get uh, there's not too much after that part, but I saw that and I was like, boom, that's that's a good ending. Like, what's going to happen next? So does have you read past this volume? Yes. Um, I actually was very lucky. So when I worked at a comic shop, shout out to That's Entertainment, Worcester, Massachusetts, 244 Park Ave on the corner of Park Ave and Lois Lane. That's right. They <laughs> nice. got the they got the lane um, renamed. That's legally. amazing. So no, on the cross section of uh, of. Park Ave and Lois Lane in Worcester, Massachusetts. So we had a rule for employees, which was we had a borrowing policy, which was that um, you could uh, sign out books like a library. Okay. And you could read whatever. And that way it made you a better employee. You know, I mean, you had to read on your own time because you had to work normally. But right. And we would. We would, uh, you know, I I, I read almost everything from the new 52 when it came out and then decided what I wanted to continue with and what I didn't want to continue with. Yeah, that's so how that it's supposed was... to go. You're supposed to pick your faves. So did Swab Thing, did he pop up in the next Oh, yeah. Volume? That's like okay. a whole, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. A whole thing. Because it's the green and the red versus the rot. Right. Because it's life. Ooh. It's That's all of life. It's flora and fauna. Yeah. I, I love the concept of this comic. I really did. Like, especially for a horror comic, which right now at day 18, I feel very numb to any sort of body horror. My God, there's so much body horror in comics. <laughs> I'm finding out. Yeah. Well. Do you ha- do you have the DC app? Yes. Okay, I would suggest reading Swamp Thing and Animal Man while you still can. 
Okay. Before oh. the app disappears. I know. Sad. Well, it's on I'm, HBO Max now, right? Well, not the comics. The comics. I mean, before or if it has already disappeared. Do it. No, I know. Knock on wood. I know. But I, um, I would I would try to consume it because it is wonderful. And, and uh, Swamp Thing is... Like, I love Animal Man, and I loved Swamp Thing. And I'm... I'm not a huge, I'm not like a huge fan of either, but I re like, this is what really brought me in Oh, a lot of comics. I just read cause I had to, cause it's like okay. the law, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, when, you, when you're doing comic book stuff. Yeah. We're doing, that. um, Swamp Thing later this month, actually. Which in ones? Ten, 10 days. Um, I think it's the Alan Moore one. Yeah. They're trippy. They're trippy. I love it. I, mean, it's I Alan can't wait. Moore. I love the show. I watched that first. I that actually really like that show. Wait, then you should have known Alec Holland. Well, I okay. So I was before OCD. It was like before. So it was uh, before I held on to names like I do now. Yeah, I really did like that show. Yeah, it I wish really they didn't good. cancel it. I don't know why they canceled well, it. Maybe HBO can bring it back. Well, they canceled it because of the expense of where they were filming. Oh, boo! It Come was on. A, well, Figure it was it like out. it was. I think they took like a hundred million dollar bath on that show What? because of tax okay, that, rebates that were, that was their bad then. Yeah. It was a big problem. Oh. Like someone got fired for that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, maybe not that much, but it was pretty intense. Damn. That but sucks yeah. though. Like that's so, <laughs> I have feelings because I was like, wait, why did this get canceled? This is actually good. I'm into it. And I want to read the comic now. Yeah. And then it disappeared. Hopefully they do it again or they do a movie. Hopefully. Warner doesn't care if you read the comics. <laughs> they don't. No, just watch like the, yeah. DC, like kind of, but like they don't. Mm. You know, it's not. Shout out to Disney. At least Disney respects that the comics are a massive intellectual property factory. Warner is. Oof. Oof. I okay. So can you? I don't even know if. I mean, you probably know, you know way more than I do. So the DC walkouts or the DC firings, like, what is that about? Oh, you mean the ones from uh, two months ago? Y yes, from two months ago. <laughs> yeah, that was so long ago. I, I have been so busy. I have not been able to read up on it. Uh, it was a big editorial purge and a lot of books getting put down because comics aren't, they're not making a lot of money. Like mm -hmm. comics are, are the least profitable things of, of comic stuff. They also sh are shut down DC Direct, which is the company that makes like the Batman black and white statues, etc. Um, they will keep connections to um, parties that have licenses. So, for example, Sideshow that I work for still mm -hmm. has the license. So we can still make Harley Quinn and Batman statues and stuff like that. But DC nice. Direct, which was producing sort of their own stuff, um, is also shuttered. So a lot of people lost their jobs, about 300 people. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, and like, okay, so are you more of a DC or a Marvel guy? I know that's probably a whole nother podcast. But. I, don't, I don't necessarily classify myself as one or the other, but I'd say historically I gravitated more towards Marvel as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, I always felt like Marvel took a lot more sort of risks artistically than DC did. I mean, granted, okay. DC... But DC has some of the heaviest hitters in risky books of all time with Watchmen and The Dark Knight Returns. Um, but I always felt like Marvel's art style, like DC had a very classic Silver Age, like by the books style right. that Marvel sort of shuffled off a little faster to me. I think the characters living in the real world, you know, living in New York versus Gotham City or something oh. like that. 
I don't know, I just, you know, plus, you know, merchandising, all things considered, other than sort of Batman shirts in 1989, like, it wasn't as big, but, like, Spider-Man was still everywhere to me. Right. I See, like, I love Marvel for how, like, poppy and awesome and great the stories are, but I love DC for the characters because they're so gritty and real to me. Like, Animal Man here, like, you're saying, like, it's a real family it's like a you know he's got the family guy and the not maybe not the not so hot wife or whatever not that that matters but like that's not what i meant i I wasn't saying that i was just saying like normally when characters are drawn they're like this is the superhero this is his supermodel wife and like they didn't design it in that way that aesthetic wasn't what they were searching for they looked like a family of artists yeah it did, and that's the thing about this one is that they weren't like it's not uh, you learn it's not about animal man it's it is and it's not even just about like his daughter it's getting to know the red and stuff like that which yeah. i loved yeah and also it's getting to know like this dude um you know he uh i'm blanking up for like my brain just sort of shifted out but he's been married for a decade like mm-hmm. you don't often get that in superheroes a lot of times you know, you write like your single superhero. I mean, they did a whole thing where they erased Spider-Man's wedding. You know, they undid the whole thing. They dissolved the marriage. Yeah, it was a big brand new day. It was like a whole thing. (laughs) It was like a big problem. A lot of people hated it. But the idea of like a single kind of swinging hero makes for a much more interesting character. But in reality, there's also something that's very interesting about a guy who's a devoted husband and partner for 10 years that has to balance the actions and activities of being a superhero with the responsibilities of being a father and husband. Yeah. Um, and that's what you think you're getting in issue one. Right. Like that's right. what like, like they're throwing you this kind of curveball, And that to me is what I think is so interesting is that you're getting thrown this curveball like, Oh, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be like a, it's going to be like a like a drama. It's going to be like an AMC drama right. uh, with a superhero involved, which I was like all in. And then all of a sudden you find out that his daughter is reanimating dead animals. Yes. Oh, yes. We left out that part. I love yes. that part. <laughs> uh, and then you're like, well, this is a whole ass thing. Yes. Oh, man. I, I actually would like to look at the second volume because I am curious how they go because he's Mr. Jeff Lemire, he leaves us off on a quite a cliffhanger. It's just like, and we're in Grandma's RV. Hopefully, we get to where we're getting something about Swamp Thing, and what happens next, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, well, there it is. Yeah, thank you for introducing me to this comic. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. I really am because you never know. It's dark, <laughs> like, like there's a lot going on. So you you try to make sure that you you do something, but. You know, I also think it's fitting for me to choose this as my horror comic because it is a superhero story, but it's a superhero story that sort of surprises you with that level of horror. And I've always sort of classically leaned towards that. Like your standard horror stuff just doesn't, I'm not even a big horror film guy. Like (laughs) every once in a while, I'll see one that I'm like, oh, that was, that was pretty cool. But you know, it's gotta be like a cabin in the woods or something where it's like brilliantly clever. Just a... Friday the 13th doesn't interest me. I don't you mean murder, mass murder doesn't interest you? Well, it's there's something about slasher movies where if they're not... Like, I never necessarily thought Friday the 13th movies were clever. I thought they no. were just... It was just, a, <laughs> just like a create creative murder, I guess, is kind of clever. But ultimately, it's not that 
fascinating to me. Mm. Whereas, you know, things like science fiction and stuff appealed to me more because I think they dove deeper in. But when they mix, I really like that. I like Event Horizon, for example. Um, so horror's never really been a thing that I've been really into. Like, I don't super enjoy it. There's some that I, you know... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, the first one. Like, I'll watch that, and then I've watched really? it, like, maybe twice, and I'm like, I think I'm good. Right, right. Like, I'm f- I'm fine with I it, it. Yeah. I guess. It just doesn't appeal to me. People get yeah. so mad at me for that. Like, people get so... <laughs> Do they get so- mad at you because you're, like, a culture guy? Like, you're into all the, the pop culture and stuff, and the fact yeah. that you don't like horror is actually surprising to me, not in, like, a bad way, but, like, oh, I'm surprised because you're, like, the first person that I met in the comic world that's not, like, Halloween everything. You know yeah. what I mean? I know. I get, I deal with it, especially as a comedian in Los Angeles. Cause Los Angeles is like a crazy Halloween town. It's, yes. This is the world capital of people saying Halloween starts in August for me. And you're just like <laughs> fucking, okay, <That's> me. <laughs> fine. It's, but it's fine. It's exhausting, but it's fine. But then, you know what, if you come out and say, be like, yeah, I don't, I don't fuck with horror. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. And then people are like, how dare you? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, it's the thing I don't like. Yeah. I'm not a big Barbie guy. That doesn't mean I'm mad that other people like Barbie. I don't <laughs> hate it. I just don't. It's not the thing I consume. Yeah. So that's all it ju- is for me. Don't judge. Don't judge Jeff May, everyone. Don't do yeah. it. Don't judge me. You don't can judge. judge you can judge me. It's fine. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to judge me. I'm garbage. Oh, well, I didn't say it out loud. You did. So Yeah. I beat you <laughs> to it. <laughs> Right on. It's called, it's well, called, uh, awesome. Thank you for joining me. This has been an awesome episode. Do you want to plug your shit, your awesome stuff that you're doing, man? I mean, you beat me to it, but yeah, I'll go for it. Uh, you can check out, because it's my birthday, uh, yes. why don't you check out some of my shows? Um, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on Gamefully Unemployed. Uh, you can also check out You Don't Even Like Sports, which is a sports podcast for people that don't like sports, which is really, <laughs> it's a really fascinating. It's a show I'm very, pr- I'm proud of all the shows I do, but like the ones that I really stick with i stick with them for a reason um you know we just did uh tony stewart i hate nascar uh and we did a a nascar (laughs) driver and it was very fun to learn about something that you don't know about uh also you can check out sideshow sideshow with jeff may it is a nerdy interview podcast if you're a comics person i have lots of really cool comics celebrities that have come on and i Mm -hmm. I grill them about stuff, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Also, you can check me out on all the live stuff I do with Sideshow, uh, blah, 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 tpublic.com slash user slash Jeff May. I don't know. Like, there's stuff. People figure it out. Find me on the internet. I'm easy to find. Yeah, I'll tag Easy him. name. Uh, Sideshow Sideshow is one of my favorite podcasts because I learned so much about the comic world from that. And you ask, like, the best questions. I'm like, ooh, answer it. Do it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there's a I have decided to enter with a boldness when I interview comics okay. creators, Good. which is like I, I like if I have a question that I want answered, I, I'm not afraid to ask a question that might be like weird or uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So like, what, what the hell was that about? Like, it's, <laughs> it's fun. I get to, you know, like there's an episode I did with Ron Mars, who is awesome. Ron Mars was a uh, writer. He is a writer. He writes comics all the time. But he wrote Green Lantern um, during mm. the Emerald Twilight Saga, which is when uh, Hal Jordan went crazy and killed a ton of people and created this other character. And and the, um, if you've ever heard of the term fridging, which is putting women... Because he wrote the scene where a character's girlfriend was stuffed in a fridge wow. and, mur- and murdered. Uh, and it was like about how women are sort of 
brutally treated in comics in order to further a male agenda, a male's story. And, you know, then I'm like, fuck it, man. I want to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, you know, it was an opportunity to really sort of address uh, things that I've always wanted to know. Because these are people that I grew up reading a lot of the time. And so I'm like, I want to know this. So I'm <laughs> going to ask all these questions. And, and you know, I want to ask how you felt about this and, and what was the impetus for this decision. So it's yeah. really fun. It's cool because like they've been through probably a hundred interviews in their in their careers, and then you're asking like the weird shit, and they're like, "Oh, this is interesting." Like, <laughs> I was gonna ask the weird shit. Yeah, I like so, knowing what people are tired of. Oh in yeah, comics for sure. yeah. because there's this sort of patina that we put on on this world where it's really glossy and oh, fans are great and everything like that, and I have this like real pushback to uh, sort of the concept of fandom when they think they own a character or, uh-huh. or a franchise, like when star Wars fans get all angry and I'm like, you don't own it, man. Sure. These are sure. stupid. They're stupid. Like star Wars that I, which is the thing I love is so stupid. And I'm like, that's, what's so great about it. It's stupid. It's samurai space wizards, like for children, <laughs> yeah. for children. Like, why would I care? Uh, like why, why do you hang your hat on being a piece of shit about a children's movie? <laughs> or like, or about comic books. These are drawings. These yeah. are scripts and drawings. Shut up. Yeah. And that's the thing too, that I'm finding that I'm running into, um, is that I'll have people message me on Instagram, which is fine. And I, I'm, I'm there for the conversation. I mean, the word discussion is in the title, but they'll correct me on something that I said, which is fine. But it's like to a point where it's like, I hated when they did that in the, in the movie or like actually, that you know like they just overcorrect and i understand that they're passionate about it but it's like when it comes to like let's say batman versus tmnt crossover comic it's like look there's a guy in a bat suit and a bunch of freaking turtles from the sewer yeah. fighting each other Calm down. that's art by freddie williams i believe very good artist yes. very talented yeah. yeah that's been one of my favorite ones we've reviewed this month i love that one that's a yeah. great one it's great but anyway Yes, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jeff May. Appreciate you, man. Happy birthday to you. Oh, I uh, thank you. Ooh, enjoy your day off. I'll tell no one except for everyone that it's your birthday, and uh, it'll be great And because we're posting it, so yeah, it's too bad. That's good. Sorry. <laughs> Happy birthday, uh, May. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. Tune in tomorrow for day 19 of 31 Days of Horror. Say bye, Jeff. <laughs> no? Okay. I could have been, it could have been wetter. I could have, uh, I could have had again. my... Go again. It's too dry. Hold on. Take two. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> How was that? Was that good? That was perfect. Well, then goodbye. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast 31 Days of Horror. If you like what you're hearing, please follow OCD on any of your favorite podcatchers. Take it a step further and leave a five-star Apple Podcast review. (laughs) That really helps me out. Thank you. You can follow OCD on Instagram at OCD Podcast or Facebook.com slash OCD Podcast. Tune in tomorrow as I review another horror Halloween comic. 